First John 1, 1 through 3. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testified to it, and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Acts 3, verse 15 says, And you kill the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. I, John, the beloved disciple, saw the resurrected Christ. I was there at the empty tomb. I looked at his wrists and his side. I heard his voice. I felt his presence. I saw his resurrected body. Jesus is my first cousin. I grew up around Jesus. James and I were, uh, our mother is Jesus', uh, is Jesus mother's sister. And so we grew up around him. And I remember when I first began to follow Jesus, I was a teenager. I was so young then. I followed Jesus around for three years, all throughout Israel, throughout Galilee, Samaria, Judea. I watched as Jesus performed miracles, as he talked to the crowds. I saw him walk on water. I watched him feed 5,000. I saw as he healed the blind. And I watched as he even raised the dead back to life. I was there when he was transfigured in his glory and in his power with Moses and Elijah on either side. Nothing, though, nothing would have prepared me for the events that would have happened as we entered into Jerusalem for Passover, the final year of our ministry. I remember as we entered in, we entered in to, to praise. The crowds would holler out. They would say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna. How fickle a crowd can be. It wasn't only a day later that they cried out, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. It all happened so quickly. The last supper where Jesus washed our feet. The time where Judas betrayed him. When he broke bread and said, this is my body broken for you. And he poured out the cup of wine and he said, this is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. His last and final prayer where he asked his father if there was any other way, but not my will, but your will be done. I was there when Judas kissed him and betrayed him with a band of guards that took him. When Pilate and the chief priests sentenced him as guilty and condemned him. When he stood before Pilate and he was scourged and finally crucified. I watched at the cross as he looked down at his enemies and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. When he entrusted his mother into my care, and I was there when he uttered his last breath, and he said, it is finished. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. When Jesus had completed the work and the ministry that the Father had given him. Have you ever had those moments when it's so painful that to breathe You don't think that you can breathe. You don't think you can take another step. 
Watching Jesus die on the cross was like that for me. I thought that my life was over as my Savior was dying. My hopes, my dreams, everything I'd ever longed for, everything I ever wanted was falling apart before my eyes as Christ died. I thought that I thought that, that was the end of his story. I thought that it was over. But I was so wrong. The crucifixion wasn't the end of the story, but in stacked, it was, it was a beginning. It was a new beginning to a new story where resurrection is reality. And let me tell you the story of Easter. The story of Easter begins with a cross and a tomb. I was there when they took a spear and they stabbed it through Jesus' heart to ensure that he was dead. Joseph of Arimathea came to Pilate and he asked Pilate for the body. Joseph and Nicodemus took Jesus' body down from the cross and they put it in a shroud, in a linen shroud. And they took it to Joseph of Arimathea's tomb that no one had been buried in. And they put 75 pounds of spices over Jesus' body to make sure that it didn't stink and smell. It was at this time that, that the chief priests uh, came to Pilate and they asked Pilate to give them a band of guards. They remembered that Jesus had said that he would not simply die on a cross, but that he would rise again. And so they said, give us a band of guards, lest his disciples come and steal his body from the tomb. And so Pilate gave them a band of guards. No less than four guards would stay at Jesus' tomb and watch both night and day to make sure that we didn't steal the body. We, there were women with us that watched and saw where the tomb was. It was evening by this time, and so we gathered together and we mourned. The next day was the Saturday Sabbath, and so we rested according to the command. It was during the Sabbath that we, we got word that Judas had committed suicide. We had seen Judas betray Jesus, and he couldn't stand to live with the guilt and shame any longer, and so he hung himself to end his misery. The next day, I woke up early. I woke up before the, the sun rose I hadn't seen Peter since Jesus' betrayal, since, since he had betrayed Jesus. And so I was, I was curious. I didn't know what was going on, and I, I wanted to check on him. And so I woke up early to go to Peter, and I saw the women, Mary Magdalene and others, going early in the morning with spices to go to Jesus' tomb. I went the distance to, to where I had heard that Peter was, and we saw each other. It was the first time that we had seen each other since his betrayal. He could hardly look me in the eyes. We didn't talk much over the next hour that we were together. Instead, we mourned together in silence. The few moments that we did speak, it was of the master. It was when he had called us to follow him. It was how much he loved us. We recalled the moments when he had raised the dead, when he had shown his power and his might. It was, it was too much. Could it really be over? Could Jesus really have been gone? It was in the middle of our morning that we heard a knock on the door. It was Mary Magdalene. She came in and she was rushed. She was in a panic. We couldn't quite make out what she was saying. She was so excited. We finally sat her down and, and told her to, to calm down. We couldn't hear what she was saying. Finally, she was able to utter, word, utter the words. She said, the tomb is empty. He's not here. They've taken him. She said that she saw angels. She said that her and the other women had gone to the tomb early and that the, the stone had been rolled away and the, that an angel appeared and the guards fell and trembled. She said that they were terrified, that they were scared. 
And that one of the angels turned, she said, why do you seek the living? Why do you seek the, the living among the dead? Do you not know that Jesus Christ is risen? Has he told you in Galilee that he must be delivered over the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? Go, go and tell the disciples and Peter that he is risen. Mary said, I, I did this and I, and I came to you. I've told you this. Peter and I looked at each other and disbelief what had happened we had to find out the truth i said we have to go see the tomb so we started towards the tomb peter peter is always the slow one in the group i got to the tomb before peter but i didn't want to go in i saw that the stone was rolled away and i looked in and, and peter caught up he went into the tomb first and he looked i followed in with him i saw that jesus's linen cloths were there that his, his head had been unwrapped and it was laid beside him. It was different, though. It, it, his body looked like it had just evaporated in the midst of the cloths. The spices were there, and, and his, his linen cloths weren't unwrapped, but instead lay there with the spices. Peter and I walked out of the tomb in wonder and awe, wondering who, who could have taken the body. I, I began to believe. I began to think that, that what Jesus had said was true, but... But Peter, Peter didn't believe. He started asking questions. Who, who could have taken the body? Why would they have taken it? If the body was taken, why is it that the, the linen cloth looks like it does? What is it that we are going to do about it? Peter and I began to walk back and discuss the events that had happened. I turned to Peter and I said, Peter, we have to go. I have to go to talk to the other disciples. They have to know what has happened. Peter riddled with guilt and shame so that he, he couldn't come back. He couldn't see them yet. I left Peter and I went to the other disciples to where they were staying. And when I went in, I found Mary Magdalene. The other women were there and they were telling the disciples what they had seen. They told them about the angels and, and about the empty tomb. But this time they added something different. They had said that they had actually seen the Lord. Mary had followed along after Peter and I at the tomb, and, and when Peter and I had left, we saw her there mourning. But Mary said that Jesus had appeared to her after we had left. She said at first she thought that Jesus was a gardener. She looked over and she didn't recognize him, but then he turned to her and he said, Mary, and she realized that it was him. She began to worship and throw herself at his feet, and he said, Don't touch me, for I have not ascended to the Father, but go and tell them that you've seen me alive. Mary ran and catch up with the other group of women, and they too had seen Jesus just moments after she had. Jesus had appeared to them because they were afraid. They were scared. And so Jesus told them, I am with you. Go, take heart. Tell your brothers, tell your disciples, tell the disciples that I am coming, that I am alive. I stood amazed, reeling. Is this really true? Is what they said that it really happened? I looked around at the other disciples' faces, and their face told me it all. They didn't believe the women. They thought that they had lost their marbles. That finally the stress and the grief and the pressure of the last week had caused a, a hallucination. I could tell they, they acted towards them harsh and, and critical and disbelief. The women left frustrated at us, frustrated at the disciples because of their hard and unbelieving hearts. It didn't make sense. Why would Jesus appear to, to women? Why not appear to us? The disciples reasoned. We spent the rest of the afternoon talking about the events and what had happened. 
Cleopas and went to leave and he had to go to get a friend and um, and so did so did Thomas. Thomas had to leave that afternoon and he couldn't be with us. We spent the afternoon praying and seeking the Lord and, and preparing for dinner, trying to figure out what was going on, what was happening. It was right after dinner that we heard a knock on the door. We opened it and it was Cleopas and his friend and also Simon Peter. Peter had come back. It was the first time that we had seen him since his betrayal. But he looked different. He had a confidence and a boldness about him. They came in and they told us that they had urgent news. Cleopas had said that he had seen the Lord. He was going on a road to Emmaus, to a town. And he said that they, as they were walking, there was a stranger that had come up with them. And they had been talking about the events. They had been talking about Jesus and about his crucifixion and about how the women had come and, and told him that they had seen him alive. And the stranger was asking them about these things. They were surprised. They, they thought that he would have known. After they had told him about the events, the stranger began to unpack the scriptures. He started with Moses and went into the prophets and, and went into uh, the Psalms and the prophets and showed them how Christ must come and how he must die and rise again from the dead. Cleopas said that, he said that my heart burned within me as the stranger talked. And he was going to go further, but we urged him to stay for dinner. We said, stay. We wanted to hear more. It was as the stranger stayed that he began to break bread and pass it. And Cleopas said, it was then that our eyes were opened, and we realized that it was Jesus, that it was the Lord. It was no sooner than we realized that than he vanished, that he was gone. He turned and he said, Peter has also seen the Lord. And we looked at Peter, and Peter said, it's true. I saw him. I felt him. I know that he is alive. It was after Peter had said this that I saw something out of the corner of my eye. I began to turn, but I saw Matthew's face, and it looked white as if he'd seen a ghost. I looked over at my brother James, and his eyes were as big as saucers, staring in disbelief. And I finally turned and looked, and, and it looked like it was Jesus, but it was dark. No, it couldn't have been Jesus. Perhaps it was a spirit. But Jesus stepped forth and he said, peace be with you with a smile on his face. He said, look, it is me. See my hands and my feet and my, my side. He said, do you have anything to eat? Give me a piece of broiled fish so that you might know that I am not a spirit or a ghost. He gave him something to eat. It was really Jesus. He looked different though. His body was different. It was fuller. It was stronger. It had power. It looked imperishable. He was clothed in white. I felt his presence. It brought joy and laughter and hope into our hearts. His warmth and love blew over us like the first warm spring day come to thaw the winter cold. It was really him. He began to unpack the scriptures, showing us that he must be crucified. That the reason he was crucified is because God's wrath must be satisfied against sin. That he was resurrected, that God's creation might be renewed and healed. It was after he explained to us that he left. He told us about the kingdom and he said he would see us again. He left and Thomas returned. Thomas returned to amidst a flurry of conversation, as you can imagine. We were all talking, uh, amazed and in awe. And Thomas asked, what happened? We told Thomas that we had seen the Lord, that it was true, 
that was real. Man, I thought Peter was a stubborn one. Thomas was, Thomas refused to believe. Even when all of us, he refused. He said, listen, I will not believe. Dead people don't rise. He was dead. We told him, we urged him, and Thomas said, I won't believe that he's alive unless I see the holes in his hands, unless I touch the side where he was speared. I will not believe. That was the end of the conversation for Thomas. He refused to hear anymore. We went to bed that night. My heart was full, but my head was spinning. This changed everything that I'd ever known, everything that I'd ever been taught. My whole life was different. I couldn't deny the truth of what I'd seen, no matter what people thought, no matter how absurd it seemed. I saw Jesus. I knew he was alive. The weeks, the week passed by, though. Days continued to go, and we didn't know. What were we to do? Where were we to go? We thought about our future. What did it look like? And we thought about who in the world would actually believe us. It was in the middle of us figuring out things and trying to, trying to understand what had just happened that Jesus appeared to us again. He appeared through a, a locked door. He didn't knock. He came to us and he said, peace be to you. And we looked at him. He looked directly at Thomas. And he came forward to Thomas. Thomas, still with a look of disbelief in his eyes, came forth and Jesus said, Thomas, come, put your hands in my holes, fill my side, know that I'm alive. Thomas in that moment fell on his knees, crying in worship, his doubt eroded, cried out, my Lord and my God. Jesus looked at Thomas and he said, you believe because you've seen me, but blessed are those who believe, although they've never seen me. He continued to instruct us about the kingdom and about what it meant to follow him and his teaching. But then he left again. We were still wondering. We knew that he was alive. We knew that we must follow him, but we didn't know what it looked like. We still had daily expenses. We still had to provide for food. We still had all kinds of needs. And so we did what we knew how to do best. We went fishing. Peter said that he knew a good spot around the Sea of Galilee, around Tiberias. And so he picked the day, he knew the, the tides and the moon and when it would go well. And, and so we decided we would make a night fishing trip. We launched around 8 that evening and we spent all night fishing. We didn't catch anything. <laughs> Terrible night. It, we, we came back to shore tired, exhausted, hungry, and we were about 100 yards from the shore when we heard a man yell out, cast your nets on the right. We thought, we can't have any worse luck than we've already had. So we threw our nets on the right. As we began to pull up, we almost were pulled in. There were so many fish that we couldn't pull the net out of the water. It was in that moment that I, I remember the last time we had gone fishing was with Jesus. I remember that he told us to throw our nets. And when we pulled them in, we had so many fish that our boats almost sank. It was in that moment that I realized it was the Lord. I turned to Peter and I said, it is the Lord. Peter dropped the net, put on his outer cloak, jumped in the water and swam the whole hundred yards to see Jesus. We are in the boat carrying the net as we go to shore. We arrived at shore 
And Jesus had a charcoal fire there, warming. He asked us to grab some fish. We unpacked the net and counted 153 giant fish, more than enough to provide for our needs and then some. He, I heard him talking to Peter. He looked at Peter and he said, Peter, do you love me? He asked him that three times, Peter, do you love me? Each time, Peter said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, tend my sheep, feed my sheep, watch over my sheep. Three times for each of Peter's three denials, Jesus was restoring him. It was in this moment that I realized that our old lives would be gone. We couldn't continue to live as we had lived. That Jesus had called and commissioned us to a different life. Jesus was reminding us that he was our Lord and our provider, that he would be the one to guide us and give to us what we needed and when we needed it. It was such a good reminder. After this, Jesus told us that he would make himself known to the masses. He said, gather those that that know of me, gather those that follow me, that I might demonstrate that I am alive we began to spread the news to all those that had followed Jesus, telling them to gather for Jesus would demonstrate and show himself. We told some and some believed, some wanted to come. We told others and, and they, they refused to believe us. They thought that we were liars and thieves. The Pharisees had spread the lie that we had stolen Jesus' body. We urged them. We said, come, don't take our word. Come and see. He is alive. Come watch. Come hear. Come listen to his teaching. I remember that day when there was 500 of us gathered. Jesus appeared and he walked in our midst. We heard his voice. We felt his, his presence. But some doubted. I guess seeing isn't always believing for those that doubt the miraculous. It was after this that Jesus called the 11 of us up higher on the Mount of Olives. And he gave us the great commission. He said that all authority on heaven and earth was given to him and that we were to go forth and to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and that he would be with us always, even to the end of the age. We thought maybe this was the moment that he was going to bring his kingdom. Jesus looked at him and he said, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority that you are to be my witnesses, that you are to demonstrate who I am to all those around you. It was after saying this that he told us to wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit. He told us that we could not be his witnesses if we were not clothed from power on high, that the Holy Spirit would come and he would fill us, that he would change us, he would give us the power to do what Christ had called us to do. It was in this moment that Jesus ascended into heaven. I remember as we looked up and we watched, there were two men next to us in in white. And he said, men of Galilee, why do you stare at this Jesus who has gone up into heaven? He will return in the same way in which he has left. We await the king. We long for his return. It's been many years since those events have happened. My life has been forever changed. I've been beaten. I've been thrown in jail. I've been mocked and made fun of. I've been exiled. 
I've had people try to kill me. All because I testified to the truth that Christ is risen. They tell me to deny him. They tell me it isn't true. But I know the truth. I can't deny what I've seen and who Jesus is. Jesus, he is the king. He defeated sin. He swallowed hell and he conquered the grave. I think I'm finally free now. I'm free to love and to be loved. I'm free from the guilt and the shame and the fear that held me captive. Death no longer has hold of me because I know the one that conquered it. I can now give my life away because my best life isn't now. It's instead coming ahead. I know the resurrection and the life. I tell you this story so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you might have life in his name. I, John, the beloved disciple, saw the resurrected Jesus. I saw the empty tomb. I was there and witnessed the holes in his hands and the scar on his side. I heard his voice and I felt his presence. First John 1, 1 through 3. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. Indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Acts 3.15 And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the reality of your resurrection, that you are the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father except through you. And I pray that you would help us to be a people of celebration, that we would give our lives away, knowing that our best life isn't now, but instead it's to come. Thank you that our hope is not in this world, but it's in you, and that you have overcome the world. We love you, and we worship you this day, Christ. It's in your name we pray. Amen.